0: Good morning church. It's good to be back with you and I am glad to see so many people. You know when the temps get down and there's a snow, uh, it pretty much shuts things down where I came from. You know there'll be people to go worship but uh, it's gonna be a smaller group than what we have here. Praise God for what we've come and assembled here today. I look forward to the return of Christ and uh, I know that you do as well and that's why we meet Because we know he's coming, he's coming soon. Now I'm going to get into that in just a moment, but first of all, uh, let me bring to the people that are in the drama for the Palm Sunday weekend. We're going to do that drama twice. These are the schedules, uh, and they're right here on the front pew. Please pick one up. We need you at every practice. Secondly, I'm looking for two young men that can be in this. We need uh, two more actors to be part. So uh, please see me right after the service. And uh, if you're a young man, yes, I'm looking at you. Don't look around. Is he really looking at me? Yeah, I'm looking at you. All right, so let's go ahead and, uh, and praise the Lord today. The preacher said that it was a tragic Sunday that he will never forget. They were a young couple, cu- not, not a younger couple, but they were a couple in his congregation. He was a Purple Heart veteran of World War II. He was a chairman of the board, and he is the assistant teacher of an adult Sunday school class. His lovely blonde wife was teaching that morning in the children's program, and they hung out after church that they might show the preacher the new car they got. It was a nice one. The preacher was back at the house eating lunch when he received a phone call that Norman and Kay had been in a horrific auto accident. Kay was dead. Norman, both legs broke, both arms broke, and he was unconscious. And the uh, doctor said, do not tell Norman that Kay is gone. Uh, He needs to recuperate when he comes out from underneath this, this coma, And he does not need to be set back by the awful news that his wife is gone. Now, if you were the preacher, what would you say? What would you do? Would you abide by that wish? Or if Norman asked, well, the preacher at that time, he began to think, well, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And in that respect, Kay, she's okay, isn't she? She's she's with the Lord. And, And so... Uh, the day came that Norman came out of uh, the coma and he was asking about Kay. And the preacher said, yeah, she's, she's doing all right. She's doing all right. Well, then came the day that they could tell him. Now, Norman's father-in-law and brother-in-law were attorneys. But they couldn't find the courage to tell Norman about Kay's uh, her passing. And so they asked the preacher, would he come by? And so the preacher prayed all the way and asked God to bless him with these words. When he told Norman that Kay was gone, uh, Norman could not even wipe the tears off of his own face. And the preacher did that for him. After uh, returning home from rehab, he called the preacher over to his house and they sat on the front porch. And he said, preacher, I've not always listened to your sermons the way I know I should have So I've got some questions. He said, where is Kay? Oh, I know her body is out at Greenwood Cemetery, but where is she? Will I ever see her again? Will I know her when I see her? Uh, Praise God that the Bible shares such answers with us. Praise God that God knows, and now we do. You know, it was Peter in his letter, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, where he told us to to always be ready to share with anyone that may ask the hope that we have within us. This is our hope. That when we leave this world, we're going to be with the Lord. It is our hope that when we are alive, uh, that when Christ comes again, that we are going to be with Him. Praise His name. And so what better can we share with our friends than our hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so I want you to turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In 1 Thessalonians 4, I want to read verses 13 through 17. 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with 13. And I'm reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a, your Bible might say, shout. The ESV says, with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead. In Christ, will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And they are encouraging words for us today. Praise His name. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I celebrate these words because they give me personal strength and encouragement. And I long, dear God, to be with you as these here before me and those that may be watching on YouTube. I praise you, Father, for this word. Bless it in our thinking, bless it in our heart today. And if anyone, dear God, is not ready for the Lord's return, I'm glad they're here today. May they make that decision to follow Him and be His and be saved. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, the first thing Paul does, he talks about the Lord's return. The Lord's return. In verse uh, 16, I read again in that text, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven. I was leaving UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, I'd been to the hospital. I'm leaving the parking tower, and and they, for a small fee, we get a, a, a preacher's, A minister's badge, a pastor's badge. And with that, we can get out of the parking uh, tower. And when I handed it to the elderly man working there in the the plexiglass booth, he saw that badge and he said, look at there, preacher. Right through there. Now, he was pointing through the glass of the booth and he was pointing in between two high-rise buildings at a blue sky. He said, he's going to come right through there. He, he's coming, and it's going to be at the shout of the archangel, and it's going to be at the trumpet sound. And I got excited that in this cold, calloused world, somebody still remembers that Jesus Christ is coming. And this old man, he didn't get up in the morning so he could be a tent, an attendant in, a, in a, 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 a parking tower booth. He gets up because he knew Jesus, and he was excited about the Lord's return And I'm excited about the Lord's return as well. Praise the Lord. I'm asking you, church, to not lose the heavenly vision for this world. Do not lose our vision. And so the Lord's return is just as much a fact... As the resurrection of Christ is. And we need to see that the resurrection guarantees what Paul is talking about today. And he says, the Lord is going to return. The Lord made us a promise. And if He raised from the dead, He has proved to me and you that He can keep His promises. He has the power, He has the authority to keep His promises. Over in uh, John's Gospel, chapter 14, we looked at that. Uh, uh, last week in John 14. In 14 verses uh, 2b and 3, it says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. I love that. The last word from heaven given by angels, and it's found in Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 11. We find these words, and, and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. I am encouraged by those words. And the Lord Jesus is going to keep that promise And it may be sooner than you and I think. And therefore, that mirror on the right-hand side of your car, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. And the Lord's return is closer than we think it is. God wants you and me in his heaven. And that coming is going to be sudden, it's going to be unexpected, and it's going to be like a thief in the night. Over in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, uh, these words uh, will be on the screen. I'm going to read 36-39. to 39. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day... When Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will the coming of the Son of Man be? Amen. Twenty years later, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote. Now you're already with your bulletin or ribbon in First Thessalonians four. Let's go to the next chapter five because he continues the theme. I'll read 1 through 4 in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, there is peace and security Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. Amen. Revelation 16 and verse 15 says, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed so we look forward to the end time when Jesus Christ is coming back 1st Thessalonians 4:16 Paul says that that coming is going to be with certain sounds and there's going to be that, that shout in one translation and this one it says the the cry of command that's going to be given by the uh, archangel I like that. You know, it was in 2017 at the uh, Kentucky Derby. One of the horses was called Irish War Cry. Anybody remember that? I didn't expect you to. <laughs> and I, I think about those uh, old black and white cowboy uh, films we saw on Saturday morning years and years ago, and you can still pay for a certain channel and get those. And, and yet when those Indians would give that war cry, It alerted the cowboys, but it did a little bit more than that. It cited fear if they were not ready. And I'm telling you, there's a day coming when we're going to hear the cry of command. The voice of the archangel, and we are going home. And I I believe that sound is going to be heard around the world. And I, I just can't imagine people not being ready for that cry of command. And we must share with people. We must try to uh, have the good news spoken. We must study Scripture with folk. That sound is going to come soon. In the Old Testament assemblies, uh, they were called by a ram's horn to be blown. They called it a shofar. And the assembly of the Lord was called sort of like the church bells in bell towers years ago when they would ring them on Sunday morning and people around would get ready to come to worship. There's going to be a cry. There's going to be a a trumpet sound. And then we're going to be going home. What's going to take place? Secondly, today, the resurrection. The resurrection is going to take place when that trumpet sounds. And Paul says, the dead in Christ will rise first. The early church uh, looked forward to going home. But but they were concerned uh, about... Those that had already died, were they going to get to go with us? And Paul addressed that in this text. But let me talk about how Christians were excited about the Lord's return. And I know that we are, but man, you know, if they were were Jewish, they were Hebrew, they might say shalom as a greeting. We would say, good morning, how you doing? Early Christians had made it their practice that they would say maranatha. Young people learn special words that are found in the Bible. Maranatha is one of those special words. And Maranatha means, Lord Jesus, come quickly. That back in the day when I was a teen and listened to Christian music, it, there was a, a music company called Maranatha. Maranatha Music. And you could get a lot of Christian uh, vinyl long play albums or 8-tracks. Cassette, yeah, okay. Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come quickly. And, and, and that misunderstanding as they looked forward to the return was they had questions for the Apostle Paul. And he wrote them this first Thessalonian letter to clear up some of those questions. And they wanted to know their loved ones that died. See, they thought Jesus was coming back Then. What's going to happen to our loved ones? And Paul says the graves are going to burst open. Well, that's not really in the text, but that's what's going to happen, isn't it? They're going to, they're going to, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, verse 16. The dead in Christ will rise first, but I want you, if you have a highlighter or a pen or a pencil, just, just underline right there a circle, In Christ. In Christ. There's not one iota, a shred of hope for people that will not accept the Lord. And that's why our job is so sincere. It's it's so important that we share with people now. My dear, when I think about that one iota, ever thought about that? It's the ninth letter in the Greek uh, alphabet. And I think it's pronounced iota in Greek. But nevertheless, it means an extremely small speck, shred, ounce, trace. And there's not one iota, one iota, shred of evidence that anyone outside of Christ is going to be able to be there. In fact, let me share a text that's not in uh, the bulletin outline, but it's in Matthew 22. Take time to turn there with me. In Matthew 22. In Matthew 22, i want to read 8 through 14 to show you this. Matthew 22, 8 through 14, Jesus is talking. He said to His servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out to the roads and gathered all whom they found. Both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guest, he saw there was a man with no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And then the king said to the attendants to bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called and few are chosen. And so Jesus is telling us that while anyone and everyone in the world is invited, bad people, good people, everyone gets to come. And that's beautiful. But when in your coming... You must seek righteousness. And it's not, we don't have righteousness on our own. And you can, you can write down in your notes for Galatians 3, 26 and 27, that when we are baptized by faith, when we're baptized into Christ, that we are clothed with Christ. And a really cool verse is over in Isaiah 61 and verse 10. Write that down. Because it talks about robes of righteousness that God gives us. And therefore, you do not have to leave a Christian assembly and not accept the hope of the world, Jesus Christ. You can accept Him and live for Him. In Revelation chapter 20 and verses 12 through 15. Revelation 20, 12 through 15. And I saw the dead This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now I gave some material to you earlier, but I want to go back through that material quickly about these books that are being written. There's books in the Bible that that talk about books that are being written about what you and I are doing, what, what we are saying, our deeds that we do. And we need to be ready for this return of the Lord because these books are going to write down truth about us. It doesn't matter what we, in a hypocritical way, uh, convey to others and what they think of us. It's what God knows to be true. And these angels or scribes writing in these books... The book of words in Matthew chapter 12. A book of conscience in Romans 2.15. A book of secret words in Romans 2.16. A book of public works in 1 Corinthians 3. There's a book of life in Revelation 3. And then there's a book of remembrance in Malachi 3. These are worth looking up and reading these things that are being recorded about me and you. Wow. Wow. Well, he's coming again, and the grave is going to open up, and bodies are going to be changed at the twinkling of an eye. This is phenomenal. You know, a lot of churches have cemeteries. A lot of churches don't, but a lot of churches have cemeteries, and can you imagine anybody just finished communion, remembering that Jesus died for them? (laughs) And they just glance out the window at the cemetery, and... Bam. They hear something like, what in the world is it an atomic bomb? It's the shout of command by the archangel, and it's the trumpet sound, and, and people are coming out of the cemetery. Great zombies, Batman. <laughs> the thing is, they're not zombies, are they? Because they're not decayed. Their bodies are changed at the twinkling of an eye. Wow. Wow. I, I'm excited about that. In 1 Thessalonians uh, uh, 4, that we're in our text, in verse 14, 4.14, For since we believe that Jesus died and arose again, even so through Jesus God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. Now listen to me. I, I, don't, want us to, I don't want us to get distracted. I don't want us to be confused. Because on one hand it says that they're going to raise up out of the grave and the other verse says that the Lord is bringing saints with Him, those that had died. So what's it talking about? How does that harmonize? Well, turn over to 2 Corinthians or read it off the screen. But that 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verses 6, 7, and 8 says this. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And so this text is teaching us that when this body dies, and and it's either uh, buried or cremated, uh, that's the body part, but the soul goes to be with God. We were talking in Sunday school class, Doug's class today, about... Man, men and women were made in the image of God. And, and part of that imagery is God is eternal and our soul is eternal. And we're going to live somewhere forever. And that's why hell is so frightening. Because the soul is eternal. And people that go there, it's ugly. It's bad. It's, it's, it's ugly. But man, for people that live by faith and live by this word and, and they worship the Lord God and they turn their lives over to Him and they listen for the trumpet sound and for the cry of command, they're going home. And they're going to go home and be with the Lord. And so I praise God that when I die, that I'm going to go be with the Lord. And that when that resurrection day happens, my body is going to be changed into a new body. And me, my soul that's been with the Lord all that time, is going to be put into that resurrection body. And therefore, we will all go and be with the Lord. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 42, when this perishable puts on the imperishable. That's what I'm describing. That's what I'm describing. And then there's the catching up in our text today in that fourth chapter, look at verse 17. 4.17 Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. That Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, 40-42. We were in Matthew 24 a while ago. Now I read... Uh, I'm going to read 40 through 42. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the meal, one will be taken and one will not be left. And therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is what. What day is He coming? And therefore, dear old dad, dear old dad who was too proud to accept Christ as his Savior he will, at that judgment day, be separated from the apple of his eye. He'll be separated from his spouse. He'll be separated from his children who gave their lives to the Lord. And the same thing for a wife that was too proud and would not get right with God. She'll be separated from the apple of her eye. But notice that this Bible says the catching up. We use a word in modern Christianese. That's not in the Bible. And that word is rapture. It's a Latin word. That's not in the Bible. The Bible says it's the catching up, and and that's what we should say. And the reason I say that is because any time you introduce a new word, a man-made word, you can also introduce a false doctrine with it. And so the Holy Spirit chose certain words to be in the text. And we should, 2,000 years later, use that same word the Holy Spirit put in the text. That we might teach wholesome teaching. The catching up. We're going to be caught up and be with the Lord. Praise His name. Now, let me read from Paul's writings again in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through uh, 57. 1 Corinthians 15... Thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that uh, in the Lord your labor is not in It's not in vain. Praise His name. Praise His name. And so, according to this verse, we're going to be changed at the twinkling of an eye, that quick. We're going to be changed. It doesn't matter if it's cremated. doesn't matter. You know, one guy, he had his body cremated, and they put his. he worked for the Ohio State Highway Department, and he wanted his ashes put in a bucket of paint, and he wanted to be sprayed on the highway. Well, that's where he worked, you know, for 30 years. Sprayed his ashes on the highway. And at the end of time, don't you know, God's going to pull out of this toolbox... A celestial paint scraper. <laughs> pull, that, pull that joker right up off the ground, won't he? We're going home to be with the Lord. We're going home to be with the Lord. Will we maintain our identity? Remember at the transfiguration of Jesus when Moses and Elijah came? Well, their bodies had been in the ground. Except for Elijah, was he taken up? But they were identifiable by Jesus there when they came at the transfiguration. Will will Norman know Kay? Will you know your Christian loved ones that have gone on? Absolutely. Absolutely. But will I miss those that are not Christian? I don't believe we will. Because it says in the Bible that there are no tears in heaven. I even wonder if in our new heavenly bodies that we are given, changed in the twinkling of an eye, I don't even think we're going to have tear ducts. We're not going to need them. No tears in heaven. Praise God. So I'm not going to know my loved ones that never accepted Christ. Listen to our blessed hope. The return of Christ and the shout of the archangel, the trumpet sound, we're going to receive new bodies. Let me have that last slide. Thank you. I don't know... If you find a lot of the cartoons, the artists try to paint scenes that the Bible doesn't give us a picture of, only a verbal picture, and what it's going to look like. But I found this one. What, what, what's that day going to look like? Paul described it the best he could after the Holy Spirit gave it to him. We need to be ready. We need to be ready to answer the call. The cry of command. You know, for us to be able to answer that cry of command that day, we need to answer the cry this morning. The cry to come and and give your life to Christ. And when we do that, when when we're ready to put our faith, our allegiance to Christ, that He has my heart, and we repent of our sins, and, and the ones that we did 50 years ago, the ones we did yesterday, maybe this morning, And and we don't come and confess those to the preacher. We confess them in private prayer to God in the name of Jesus. And we confess Christ's name today and every day this day forward. And we go to a watery grave. And because it's zero degrees outside, we probably should do it right here in the baptistry. Even if that water is, is 39 degrees... It's going to be warmer than what's out there in the pond. The four calls. The spirit came in childhood and pleaded, let me in. But oh, the door was bolted by thoughtlessness and sin. I'm too young, the child replied, and I'll not yield today. But there's time enough tomorrow. And the spirit went away. Again he came and pleaded in youth's bright happy hour. He called but heard no answer for lured by Satan's power. The youth lay dreaming then and saying, Not today, nor till I've tried earth's pleasures. And the spirit went away. Again he called in mercy in manhood's vigorous prime. But still he found no welcome. The merchant had no time. No time for true repentance. No time to think or pray. And so repulsed and saddened, the spirit went away. Once more he called and waited. The man was old and ill. He scarcely heard the whisper. His heart was cold and still. Go, leave me. When I need you, I'll call for you, he cried. Then sinking on his pillow... The old man died. Three people worldwide are dying every second. Some are going to heaven and some are going to hell. The good news is, when people say, I want heaven, and they get their, right, their life right with Christ, Christ keeps his promise. He keeps his promise. Acts 2... 38, then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. 39, that one doesn't get quoted as often. The first words out of 39 says, for the promise. For the promise is to you.